Welcome to Broken Catholic, the show where I interview practicing Catholics, non-Catholics, and recovering Catholics about why the world isn't working right now, and tackle unspeakable topics that many people secretly struggle with but won't admit. See, I believe that God is in the business of transformation, so I'm here to stand for you having a transformation so big that when God is done with you, you're barely recognizable. I'm your host, your coach, your brother, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist, and I freely share my personal struggles of being a modern Catholic man. It's freaking hard. I don't have it all figured out. I'm a work in progress just like you, and that's okay. Today, our featured guest is Brian Gillia, and our topic is prayer. Am I praying the right way, or am I praying the wrong way? Because sometimes it feels like my prayers are not getting to heaven, Brian, right? So really quickly, start us out. Uh, tell us what it is you do. What type of work are you into? Yeah, so I work in patient privacy. Patient uh, privacy. Like what is that specifically? I'm I not audit, even sure I get that. I audit patients' medical records for appropriate access. We're here to protect our patients' privacy. Everyone's familiar with HIPAA, right? Yeah, yeah. For, uh, so that's it's like a hippopotamus. Right? That, that's I'm right. messing with that's it. That's right. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, awesome. So welcome to the show, Brian, and I'm really excited here because you're like one of my good friends and you're just so likable. I like you, bro. All right, so uh, let's get down to business. I like to start every episode with this question, very broad, open-ended question. Brian, in your opinion, why is the world not working right now? Yeah, great question, Joseph. And if I could pick one, I'd probably be the richest person on the planet, right? <laughs> um, certainly, as it relates as it relates to the topic today, uh, prayer is something that I think is missing uh, in a great deal many people's lives. Sometimes it's missing from my own, right? Yeah. And this is called broken Catholic because yeah. uh, we're all broken in some way, right? Um, we all have a halo. We've all been baptized. I'm a lifelong Catholic. Is it so cracked in half like that's, mine? That's right. So yeah. uh, don't want to plug other people's shows, but sometimes it's busted. I right? <laughs> got it. Um, and so we're here to talk about prayer, right? I'm here to talk about prayer, and, and am, am I doing it the right way? Mm. Uh, am I doing it the wrong way? Mm. Uh, some days it feels like, su- like a success. Some mm-hmm. days it feels like a struggle. Mm. Um and so that's, that's uh, I guess, why I'm here. Yeah, I get it, right? So I think St. Ignatius talks about consolation in prayer and desolation, right? And it's like some days God allows us the grace of feeling consoled when we're communicating with him. And then other days he allows us the grace, and I'm intentional in saying it's a grace to feel like he's not there. Because in us feeling like he's not there, we need to now what? Exercise our trust muscle. And literally trust God even though we can't touch and feel and see and, and, and experience those warm and fuzzies. What shows up for you in that? Yeah, you know, in a, in a very theoretical way, uh, consolation and desolation become reality, right? So for the listeners out there that may not know what consolation and desolation are, um, consolation is, is when you're being consoled, right? Those moments of, if you want to call it those moments of high, right? Yeah. And, and desolation are those moments that we're riding pretty low. So moments of high and moments of dry. That's right. See what I, did I, I see what you did there. Um, and so uh, those moments of consolation, those moments of desolation, um, in those moments of consolation, 
you want to be reminded, you want to be humbled that, uh, you know, you don't want to be riding too high. So those, those moments of consolation on our, in our prayer should, should sort of remind us that maybe we need to tone it down from maybe an ego perspective, right? And in those moments of desolation, Just we want to recall those, those highs that we've received mm. uh, through prayer. I get that. So, like, take us there. Take us on the court, right? Describe in your life one of those moments of highs where you were walking that thin line of maybe spiritual pride. Yeah. Um, the birth of the birth of our son. Okay. Uh, he he was a, a premature. Uh, mm. He was born at thirty weeks as opposed to forty. Whoa! So that's uh, you do the math. Forty minus thirty is ten. So yeah, ten man. weeks early. Um, a pretty significant moment in the life of my family. And uh, prayer got me through. Um, and I think then in turn helped my family get through that experience. So was there a big scare there for, you know, his life was on the line? There absolutely was. Okay, got um, it. Perhaps in my naivete, since I don't practice medicine, sure. I wasn't as scared as, as those that may practice medicine and sort of knew the... The, the fineness of that line. So there was a real threat, a medical threat to your baby's life. Sure. Yeah, I get and, that. And and so I took on, uh, I adopted really praying the rosary. Got it. Uh, in that time. Why did you choose the rosary specifically, right? You know, probably because uh, I was witnessing my wife go through this, you know, along side by side with me. Yeah. And knowing that moms, mothers, feel mm. children in a unique and special way. Absolutely. In a way that you or I will never feel. Yeah, we just can't connect with that. Right. I get it. And so uh, calling on uh, Our Lady, uh, knowing that she could absolutely identify with the struggles that no doubt I was having as a parent, but also uh, my wife having, mm. um, just sort of spoke to me. And mm. so I... Uh, adopted that rosary as a as a uh, nightly devotion. Was that easy to do? Like because that's a tough prayer. Like the first few times you do it, right? That's a twenty minute commitment, yo. Okay, so. and <laughs> I'm just let's be real, right? And and I have my own personal story with that because I grew up with the rosary in our household every night. And regardless of how tired we were or we st we stayed out as a family at friends' houses and we got home at 1030 and with little kids and we were playing for literally eight hours straight. And then we come home and we want to crash and fall asleep. And we needed to be on our knees, like fully erect on our knees for 20 minutes to say the rosary, fighting against our own humanness as a little child of falling asleep. And so that was kind of like really pushed on us in a way that even now for me, I struggle. I definitely struggle to say the rosary as my uh, preferred form of prayer. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think being a lifelong Catholic, you know, I was exposed to the rosary a lot, but I don't know that it was um, compulsory, if that's the right word. Uh, okay. It was just sort of, we, we'd say it as a family every now and again. Um, I had my little little rosary book that I had from a kid, you know, had it handy, had some rosary beads handy. It's like a cheat sheet. It, it, yeah, it, it's like a cheat sheet, you know, the Apostles' Creed, all the, <laughs> at the time there were only, um, what, 15 mysteries? Because there were three sets. Yeah. They weren't the luminous Now they put the, the luminous in there. I mean, like, come See on. See the light, right? See the light. <laughs> um, so I, I 
I think the handiness of it and no doubt the the will of God, mm. right? Um forcing or guiding rather my hand to those beads. Got it. Um to that little book. Okay, so you uh, got is, drawn is to it. Yeah. And and I really adopted that. So um you know, he was in the hospital for a number of weeks after we were uh, discharged home. Mm. And so it was a, an afternoon, nightly ritual that my wife or I would go and visit uh, the NICU. And, you know, my, my drive home uh, was certainly a quiet time. You know, mm. turn the radio off, short drive home. Um, by the time I'd get home, our daughter uh, would be asleep. Mm. Maybe my wife would already be asleep. Mm. And so it was a quiet time to just sort of sit pull out those beads, um, pull out that little book for the moments of uh, didn't quite know everything, Yeah. Um, and get into it. And I, th- I think the, the comfort, really maybe more than anything. So comfort uh, for you. Comfort for me in speaking uh, to our Lord, mm. right, uh, through his through. mom, yeah. uh, seemed very real to me. And and worked in consoling to get back to that word consolation gave me real consolation in in you know those trying trying times. I get that. So let me ask you this, right? Because I'm gonna go a little personal with you as as much as you'll allow, okay? And that is, did you feel you were being effective, right? Because there was a, a medical threat with your child, and you're praying the rosary. Uh, and again, to clarify, as Catholics, we don't pray to Mary, mm-hmm. right? We don't worship Mary. However, we recognize that out of all the women in history, God chose her to be the vessel of his son. So that in itself makes her this pure vessel temple. So we honor and venerate Mary in such a way that we know just, and I'm going off on a tangent for a second. This is my little rant. Yeah. And, and it, that we know that, listen, if I can't go to you, Brian, and get you to agree with what I'm asking for, and I know it's the right thing and I really want you to do it, but for whatever reason, you're just not agreeing. And I also say I've known your mom for years and she loves me to pieces and thinks I'm the most amazing young man ever. I know I could go to your mom because you love her deeply and she can say what I want to say in her words with her authority, if you will, and um, nurturing in such a way that you can't help but say yes. Couldn't have said it any better. And and that's literally, as Catholic Christians, how we view Mary and why we go through Mary. We don't go to Mary. We go through Mary, and Mary, in who she is and who she was called to be in her vocation, can never be the end point. She's always a pass-through and always points to God. Right. There's absolutely no better inter- intercessor. Yeah. So it's almost like, uh, you know, maybe I'm not getting why God's not answering me. So I say, you know what? I'm going to go to the queen, and I'm going to say it in such a way that, hey, can you go to God and wrap it in a pretty bow? Because obviously it's not occurring uh, the way I'm doing, and then she does, she does, and and God in His loving mercy, mostly for His mom, uh, maybe not for me because I was being a jerk, you know, and 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 <laughs> rebelling and everything, and not following God's laws, um, somehow still agrees. 
through through her life, through her grace, through her blessings. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So speak more. <laughs> I love it. We just had a awesome pause. <laughs> He's like, my turn, your turn, my turn, your turn. <laughs> I was like, dude, just commit. That was your tangent, man. That so was, that what was your question? You're right. That was my tangent. I think I went off on a track. Uh, yeah. So praying through Mary, right, is is really where it's at. And, um, you know, the consolation. I mean, I get that. It's like the consolation. Now, there you are as a dad with a brand new baby. And maybe you were naive, naive in the beginning, but then I'm sure enough people said to you, dude, this is real. Like your baby's life is at risk. And then you went, oh snap, this is real. I need to call in the big guns. And you were drawn to praying the rosary to Mary. Hey Mary, you're my mother, my spiritual mother. You're also the mother of God. And the point is you're a mother. And you get what I'm going through in a very real and powerful way. Please go to my Lord and ask that my son be spared. Now, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but yeah, ab- is absolutely. that connecting? Absolutely. You know, the the. I think I got a lot of comfort out of praying the rosary and, and focusing on these events of Jesus's life, some of them through the eyes of, of his mother, right? Mm. And being able to identify uh, with her as, as a parent, mm. um, you know, our son is our second child, so I'd, I'd sort of already been through the birth of, of a child and, and certainly the awesomeness and and really the indescribable feeling that you get when you first become a dad. Uh, you, you sort of go through that all over again with number two, and I don't, I don't have a third, fourth, or fifth, but I imagine uh, you get pretty high for three, four, five, mm-hmm. you know, however many children you have. Um, I got a lot of consolation out of, out of praying the rosary. And I don't know if, it's maybe going to sound pompous, I hope we don't get struck by lightning uh, while we're in here with all this equipment. But I'm protected. That's so. great, it's grounded, right? <laughs> um, I, I don't know that I ever struggled too much with letting go and letting God. Okay. Um. You what know, did you struggle with then? What did I struggle with? I think I struggled with the uncertainty of it. Um, and so I needed some some uh, comfort, guidance. The uncertainty uh, of the outcome? The uncertainty of the outcome. Okay. Yeah. And that's certainly just that, you know, one chapter of, of my life. Yeah. Slash prayer life. Yeah. Um, what did you, did you wrestle with uh, the effectiveness of your prayers? Were they being heard? Is is God hearing me as I'm driving home right now, praying through his mother to him, right? Spare my son. Is he hearing me, right? Did you wrestle with that? I don't think I did. I okay. think I felt really comfortable, um, you know, saying that prayer and sort of calling on, on her intercession in, in that unique way that we believe uh, as Catholics is, you know, Truly effective, right? Going straight to uh, the source through his mom. Um, at other times of my life, I think I've picked up and put down other forms of prayer besides mm. the rosary, in addition to the rosary. Um, the, the one that comes to mind is the Liturgy of the Hours. You know, this is the book of, of Psalms, right? The Psalms are 150 great prayers. 
um, that the, the clergy uh, pray many times a day, you know, uh, at least twice a day, you know, maybe up to seven times a day. Whoa. And yeah, serious, right? Mm-hmm. Get calluses on your knees. <laughs> um, so morning prayer, evening prayer. This is something that I've taken on at different stages of, of my life growing up. Um, and I don't know why, but sometimes I put it down. Um, sometimes I feel like it's too regimented for me. Uh, sometimes I go to trying to pray extemporaneously, you know. Yeah, break that uh, down for us, that word, please. Yeah, extemporaneously, so sort of on your feet, you know, sort of uh, in the moment. Spontaneous. Spontaneous. Yeah. Um, certainly growing up, uh, having dinner as a family was, was always important, mm. and my dad would lead that prayer. Uh, here's a little funny thing for your listeners. I did not know the words of bless us, O Lord, you know, that typical mm-hmm. dinnertime prayer. Um, I didn't learn the words to that till I was probably in my 30s. Oh. We prayed sort of extemporaneously around the dinner table, and typically it was my dad leading it. Yeah. Um, if he wasn't home yet or, or, you know, if he was out of town, then... Um, Who was second uh, in command? Yeah, I think it was my mom. I, I, you know, I can't really recall. Maybe yeah. it was my brother. I, I don't remember. Um but that's that's something that we do currently in in our house. Uh, I I lead the prayer extemporaneously. If it's the holidays and we're hosting, you know, maybe I'll jot some notes down. I've been known to do that. Hmm. Um, but typically, it's just sort of a, a spontaneous, extemporaneous prayer. And you and know, it's interesting, right? Because like I know uh, so many Christians. Um, I know uh, Christian Catholics. Uh, you know, Protestant, non-denominational, and when they pray. Like, I'll see both both types of prayer, right? I'll see, uh, you know, Heavenly Father, boom, and, and it just, like, from the heart, real, raw, right there, customized prayer to the situation, to the circumstances, whatever. And then, uh, you know, I'll see the, the grace prayer, right? The, the traditional, more Catholic, structured, scripted, uh, I'm going to use the word scripted prayer, right? Like, right now, you and I are doing this, this chat unscripted. Right, it's it's just now spontaneous. It's it's spontaneous conversation. I'm not asking you scripted questions, and and there's a fluidness to that. It's like water, Bruce Lee. Be like water, right? And it's like, I don't know. To me, I connect with that more when it comes to prayer. Is is more that flow that be like water and and letting my heart connect with my Creator in that moment rather than the the traditional scripted prayers I grew up with. Not that there's anything wrong with it; those are beautiful words, and some of them are very intentional wording. And words are powerful. Words create. Uh, these are words of worship, right? And some words, uh, even our God in the Bible says, "Use these words right. to my Father," right? When Jesus teaches us the Our Father, this is how you pray. So that's that would be scripted words, the Our Father. Um, and I think you know, as as Christians, sometimes we could take it uh, too much in in one direction and say, okay, well now all my prayers need to be scripted, structural prayers. And it's very easy, and this is where I wrestle with. It's very easy to uh, get stuck in my head and lose my heart mm-hmm. and connect in with God because I'm, you know, repeating words. Right. I think I struggle with that sometimes too. Um, the, the times when I've uh, really used 
and, and really prayed the, the formulaic uh, liturgy of the hours. You I, keep using bigger words than yeah. I know. <laughs> He's trying to make me feel small, people. Next <laughs> podcast, we'll discuss <laughs> IQ, ladies and gentlemen. I won't be on that one. <laughs> Neither will I. Um, so sort of structured, right? The uh, formulaic structured prayer. Um, I, being sort of a right-brained um, accounting background, I like the confines of a square, right? I like the fo- confines of a shape. Um, I'm not really good at engaging the left side of my brain, the creative side, uh, coloring outside the lines. I thought it was the opposite, but who's who's saying? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Topic for another week. I I'm just challenging you because you said <laughs> formulaic. That's right. That's right. So, <laughs> so, um, so I, I, there's something appealing to me in the way I think, whether it's the right or the left, the back or the front. Um, it's like, thanks for screwing me up. That's right. Yeah. Um, there's something appealing to me about, um, a structured prayer. You know, this is how we're going to sort of lay it out. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, you know, we're going to tackle this Psalm first, and then we're going to hit a reading here and, and pray in that way. And I've, I've loved that for long stretches of time. Um, sometimes <laughs> I, I grow dry, I grow dry yeah. in that experience. And I find myself putting down that, uh, that book, that beautiful book. And there's almost a sense of guilt in putting it down, right? And not picking it up in the morning or the evening, uh, or before bed. Um, I, I you know, the struggle is, um, not feeling too guilty in, in putting mm. that down. Like I said earlier, um, I'm comfortable praying spontaneously. Um, I think one of the struggles I have with that is, is am I doing it the right way? Yeah. And, and perhaps near, you know, a hundred percent of your listeners can identify with that sentiment, that statement. Um, you know, am I doing it the right way? And we know when we when we ask that question, that's coming from uh, that's coming from deep inside, right? Mm. We know with our mind, if we think about that question, it's not an either or, it's not a right or wrong, it's not effective ineffective, mm. it's a both and, right? Love it. You can Couldn't pray, have said that better. You can pray uh, within the confines of the liturgy of the hours and the beautiful prayer that's been around for two thousand years. Mm-hmm. Um, you can also pray within the confines of, of your own heart, right? Mm-hmm. And color within the boundaries of, of that structure. Mm. Um, what are you feeling at the moment, right? Um, how are you feeling? Are you feeling high or low? Are you feeling happy, sad? Are you feeling struggle or, or, or you know, levity? Um, Can I share an example here? Uh, sh- share away. Yeah, so it's I It's your think show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I, I think of David, right, in the, the Old Testament. And the way David would pray, right? He would do the Psalms, and you would get all this like beautiful wording to you know his Creator, to his God, and it was like, wow, I'm a little intimidated here, David. Thanks a lot, right? It's like I barely know how to get there, right? Uh, but then, but then, this man after God's own heart had some angry prayers, had some kind of nasty very irreverent, very, I'm mad at you, God. You're not being fair. Who are you to do such a thing, right? 
why would you treat your people this way? And and literally more ac- accusative. I'm, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> if that's a word. I think I just made right up, up a word. Formulaic. You know what? You're making up your words, so I'm making up mine now. <laughs> All right. So, <laughs> you know, but he would pray in, in really with leading with like accusations, like you're an unfair, unjust God. How could you treat that us this way or whatever? And you know what? Still, God, that's the only man God described as a man after his own heart. And what shows up for me in that is that, and I say this often, even in anger, even in hatred, there's intimacy. Because you can't be angry or hate on someone without being connected Mm. in such a passionate way. Powerful. But there's connectivity there. And God would prefer that over indifference. Because indifference is the only thing worse than hatred where you're not connected at all. He doesn't even matter. He doesn't even exist to you, right? And and that's the lukewarm Christian right. that he speaks about, that he vomits out of his mouth. So that's cool, right? Because our creator is saying, hey, there's no wrong way to talk to me. Just talk to me. Right. Talk right. with me. I want to hear you. I want to hear what makes you angry. You're my son. And you're my you- daughter, right? And you're a, you're a parent, Brian, right? So you get this, right? You would rather... Your son, I'm guessing, right? And I don't want to put words in your mouth, so challenge me back. You would rather your son come to you, yell at you, angry, and tell you specifically why he's mad at you than harbor it inside and not speak with you. Would you not? Yeah, I would agree with that. Now, I'd I'd push back in that uh, he's not going to be hearing this. (laughs) <laughs> podcast so he won't know that i just gave him permission to to come and and shout me down right <laughs> but you're absolutely you're absolutely right i'd i'd rather um have relationship than none at all mm-hmm. right and i s- we could s- get off topic here and i know we want to stay on topic but uh just to sort of tease that out a little further pope francis is all about relationships right if there's one thing that's defined his papacy It's about relationship, those interpersonal relationships. And through that is how people will see our love for the Father. Mm. And there's no doubt that that will attract people to us, to the church, to him. Mm -hmm. Right? And that's the end goal. That's the end goal. Absolutely. Yeah, so I get that, right? And it's like, man, so if you're listening right now, we're speaking with Brian Gillia and— Brian, I said that wrong, Brian Gilia, because, you know, he's like Italian mafia, so I don't want this like to end bad for me. Um, this may be my last show, folks. That, that's right. Now, um, you know, so we're speaking with Brian about prayer, and, you know, prayer sometimes occurs as a struggle, and sometimes we don't want to pray. When we need to pray most, we don't want to pray. When we need to pray most, we want to pray least, right? And it's like, that's where God wants our hearts. He wants us to come in our brokenness. So when you're struggling with what you're struggling with, and we all have our struggles, you're going through something right now as you listen to this podcast. I know it. Brian knows it. I am too. Yeah. Yeah. You know it, right? Something we're wrestling with, man, in our personal life, in our professional life. And, And we're holding back. We're not giving it to God. And God is saying to us in so many ways, through people, through the church, through situations, through two-by-fours upside the back of our heads, bring it to me. I already know it's happening. 
I already know where your heart is, but I want the relationship. I want you to share. I want you to give it to me, your father, and to trust me enough that I love you enough to see you through it. What yeah. shows up for you? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think it goes back to relationship, right? He is the father. Um, he wants relationship with his children. Um, the example you gave earlier of, of myself with my own children uh, absolutely resonates, and I hope that resonates for uh, for your listeners who have children, and I hope it resonates for those that may not yet, but certainly are, are a child <laughs> of, of their parents. And some of you are still behaving like one. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and for anyone else out there that can't relate, then, uh, you know, we'll pray for you too. <laughs> so... Um, you know, th- those have been some of my struggles in, in we'll use that big word again, that, that is boggling Joseph's mind. Uh, formulaic prayer, structured prayer, extemporaneous and spontaneous prayer. Um, Brian, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to jump right in here. Yeah. Give me your, your most raw, do you remember your most raw prayer to God, like where you just got ugly and messy? I don't. You don't? I don't. Hmm. Hmm. I just, I just ended the show. <laughs> no, I got mine. <laughs> what, what's yours? Yeah, I know mine. Um, I remember there was uh, this one time where uh, I was uh, rebuilding my life after five years of partying hard, prodigal son, godless, atheist, all that. And uh, God had pulled me out of the darkness. I was that one sheep out of the 99. He went into the darkness and pulled out because he loved me enough. Awesome. Yeah. And uh, so he brought me back um, into the fold, right? And I was an ungrateful little sheep. And uh, I didn't really thank him for it. Um, I didn't know what to do next. I was really still very self-centered, which is what got me into the darkness in the beginning, in the first place. And, uh, you know, he slowly uh, was warming me up to his love. And... You know, I, I remember uh, he was trying to, he wanted me to spend time with him. And I kept getting this nagging on me, right? Like that quiet whisper, like, come spend time with me. And I knew what he meant. He meant come to the chapel um, at this local church I was I was participating at, and it was at Christ the King, right? Um, and come, come spend time with me, uh, you know, in my presence in the Eucharist. And I was like... How I many just, times did it? How many times did it take him to ask you before you? Oh, he kept knocking, and I just kept that door barged closed, right? And uh, I just wasn't ready to do it. And eventually, the nagging just kept reoccurring to the point where I got really annoyed at him. Mm-hmm. And I said, "What? What do you want from me? Can't you see I'm busy trying to rebuild my life, my finances? It's like I got all these bills to pay. Obviously, I'm busy, you know." Kind of leave me alone, and that was my prayer. And not in the chapel. Not in the chapel. No, no. This was him trying to get me there, and this kept going on for weeks. And the Holy Spirit just kept, you know, tugging on my heart, tugging on my heart, tugging on my heart. And uh, eventually, I just kind of outburst and I said, "Fine. You want me to come and spend time with you? There's all my bills. You know how much I. You know how much it is. You know how much I need." I'll tell you what, I'll make you a deal, right? Think of my audacity. This is the creator of the universe, and, and I'm like this little, like, ant. And I'm like, I'll make you a deal. And, and here's the deal. I said, provide me enough money to pay for all my bills, and I'll come spend time with you. Wow. No problem. 
right? Obnoxious, arrogant son of a gun that I can be. And two weeks later, two weeks later, he put two of my friends who were in my life who reached out to me for a life coaching. I don't even know what the heck life coaching was at the time. And they said, hey, you know, we've made a lot of money. One was a surgeon and one was a, uh, an attorney. We made a lot of money and, uh, you know, we've done good in, in um, this area of our life, our finances, but we're slacking in this area. We notice you're very good at that area and it occurs natural. Can you help us with that? Wow. We want to have similar results. And I was like, well, what are you re- looking for? And they said these results. And I said, great. Um, they're like, how long? And I was like, 30 days. They're like, what? You can get us to that in 30 days? I was like, absolutely. Without a question. And they're like, how much? And I was like, this much. And they're like, whoa, that's a lot of money. And I was like, whoa, those are big goals. Either you want it or you don't. And yeah. they, wrote, they both wrote me checks, right, the next day. And with those two checks, I was able to take off for eight months. Wow. Eight months, right? And you know what I did with the money? What's that? I started partying. <laughs> I was going to ask you about yeah, how your end of the deal uh, took shape. Yeah, because I'm kind of a dumbass, right? And, uh, <laughs> you know, real slow, real slow, stubborn. And, and I went back to what I knew right the darkness and and i started partying hard again um we went out to the hamptons with a bunch of buddies we rented a you know a 10,000 square foot home 11 bedroom 10 bath um and just partied and partied and then we came back to south florida rented a house on the beach partied some more then i came back to tampa and one of my close friends who i had shared that original prayer with um good friend he said hey joseph how you doing hmm. i was like i'm doing great how are you mm-hmm. and he was like i'm good he said, so, you remember that prayer you had said to God and that deal you made with him? I was like, yeah. And he goes, so it sounds like God has done his end of the bargain. How are you doing with yours? Wow. And I was just like, oh. And that hit. Stunned. Two by four. Right. Stop me in my tracks. And the next morning I showed up at the chapel. There you go. And I said, I'm here. I will commit to come here to the chapel an hour a day for the next two weeks. That's it. If you want to talk, let me know. Otherwise, I'll just sit here bored. And that's what I did. And over the next two weeks, he slowly opened up my heart. And then put men in my life who taught me how to pray and hear the quiet whisper. And for the first time in my life, I experienced God the Father, the loving side of God the Father that I had never experienced growing up. And I experienced God in a real way. I grew up knowing God, but I never experienced God. And I think very few Christians ever experience God in their life because they don't earnestly seek him. The way he says, earnestly seek me, which means put in the time. Mm-hmm. Show up, spend time with him. And, and I didn't mean to go off on this rant, but you did ask. Yeah. So I put it on you, Brian. Thank you, listeners. <laughs> but you're you know welcome, what? I, listeners. I, I think this is important lessons here, right? Because... That was the best prayer of my life. And it was the ugliest, messiest, most raw, real prayer I've ever said. And it led to a total transformation and healing of my brokenness Mm -hmm. from my creator. See, God will use whatever means he needs to, to access our hearts. Because he loves us that deeply. The same way you would do whatever is needed for your son or daughter to get through to them. Even if it means causing them pain in the moment. What yeah, shows up for you? Yeah, you're absolutely right. Um, if your child takes off running across the street, uh, you're going to yell, right? Mm. You're going to yell. Are you yelling out of meanness and, and hate and, and uh, 
you know, something like that? Or are you yelling out of love, right? But you're yelling, you're raising your voice, mm. you know, stop. To get our attention. Right. So, um, you know, that, that's what speaks to me in, in, he, in, hearing, uh, in hearing your story, um, that sometimes we need to be shouted at by God, Depending right? Depending on how stubborn we are. That's right. If you're stubborn like me, it's going to be loud. That's right. Didn't they say, uh, wasn't one of our great saints uh, called uh, a dumb ox? Uh, I think mm-hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas. Yeah. Um, so so one of our greatest saints can, can have a hard head like an ox. Uh, I would be called a dumb jackass. All right. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, so sometimes we, we need to be reminded that, that we are children too, right? We're children of God and, and we need, uh, to not maybe take offense to him yelling at us, Mm. um, that, that sometimes, um, we need to hear him yelling and it's out of love. It's not out of pushing us away, but actually pulling us closer, um, because it's a, it's about relationships, right? Prayer yeah. is a, prayer is a relationship between um, us and and our Creator, our Father. That's um, exactly it. And I think sometimes we get caught up on the words, don't we? Instead of the relationship, and that's why again, there's no right way to pray. The only wrong way to pray is to, to not, not pray. pray, right? Right. And prayer is simply that. It's not scripted words per se. It's communicating in a loving relationship with your creator. That's simple. And, and if you want to use scripted uh, you know, words and, and, and litanies and those types of prayers that have been passed down through generations, and that helps you to connect with your creator in a real, meaningful way, keep doing that. Yeah, That's y- awesome. That's working. Yeah, I think um, maybe the point of this podcast today is to edify those folks that are experiencing a struggle. Um, with spontaneous prayer or structured prayer, that it's okay, right? I think I think the, what the we're point going is for to keep praying. Yeah, and keep I think praying. on top of that is also workability. So if you're doing structured prayer and you're not feeling connected to your Creator, try a different form of prayer. Yeah, absolutely. Right? If and and you may go to like more heartfelt prayer, like God, I messed up again. Right? Am I ever gonna stop? doing the same freaking thing over and over again i feel like such a loser like such a failure that could be like the best prayer ever yeah the funny thing is that's very personal right and that is that is the essence of prayer yeah uh you're getting into that relationship just by saying um you know those 20 or 25 words it didn't start with the sign of the cross it didn't end with amen it was a prayer though right it was conversation it was real yeah you know, um, it I was have, in the moment. Yeah. I have, uh, you know, a friend, and, and I'm not saying this in any way to make myself look good. It's just a good example. And But you do look good, Joseph. Thanks, brother. I appreciate <laughs> you, man. It's very romantic. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so I have this uh, this friend of mine, and um, this individual was, uh, you know, wrestling with, you know, they're agnostic. That's how, you know, where they are right now. And they're like, I'm not sure there's a God, right? And they're in college and stuff like that, and they're in world religion classes, and it's like, well, I, I hate organized religion. It's just ridiculous. It causes all these wars and everything throughout history, and I just don't get it. I'm not even sure there's a God. I feel like there's, you know, it's not an accident because the world is like so amazing and beautiful and all that stuff, but I'm just not sure. 
So I think there's a God, but I really don't have a relationship or maybe or whatever. And I said, listen, would you like to know if God is real once and for all? Hmm. And he said, well, duh. Like, who wouldn't? Right. And I said, yeah, isn't that a good question? Who wouldn't? So I was like, would you like a way to find that out? And you're like, yeah. I said, okay, here's my challenge for you. Find quiet time tonight, whatever, whenever, in your room, so just undistracted. Get down on your knees, look up to heaven, and just say, God, if you're real, I want to believe it. Show me you're real. Mm-hmm. If you're real, show me you're real. But mean it from the heart. Mean it from the heart. Not, I don't actually believe you're real, and there's no way you'll actually convince me of it, and all that ego and crap. If that's where you're at right now, save it, do us all a favor. Yeah. Don't go there. Right. Okay? You're just not there yet. Right. And that's fine. That's where you're at. I get it. Right? No judgment. But if you're in a place where there's this hunger in your heart that you keep trying to fill this void and you can't figure out how to fill it, that hole is called, it's a, it's a God-sized hole. And that's because you were created by a creator who left a thumbprint in your heart. Wow. And it only, that area of your heart can only be accessed by his thumbprint. And that's why when you try to fill it with every other material thing on this planet, it doesn't fit. It doesn't unlock the, the code, if you will, that thumbprint, right? Look up to heaven and say, God, if you're real, show me you're real in a way I can't even deny. Right. Yeah? That's a real prayer. That took about three seconds. Right. And and I, I told this person, if you do that, God will show you he's real. Now look for him because he'll show you through people, through situations, through whatever. I and think so. and I'll tell you, within like 30, 40 days— just a few weeks out, she came to me and she said, I was at this retreat I wasn't even supposed to be at. And it turns out to be like this Christian retreat. And all of a sudden, like, like it was supposed to be like the spiritual thing. And then we were at, there was a Catholic church there, hmm. like on the, at the retreat. And I just went in because I was like not really connecting with everyone else. The girls in my whatever, they were all annoying me and stuff. So I just wanted time to myself. And I went and I sat in the church. Right. And I felt this warm love just surround me and i had never i never felt anything like that my whole life and i just knew in that moment god was real i couldn't describe it i couldn't articulate it i just there was a knowing he's real like i got it right and now this person believes in god you know i think sometimes you said in this particular case you know 30 40 days something like that this experience happened you know we live in a, a day and time where we want everything now, right? Actually, we want it yesterday. So, um, you know, I think that's that produces an extra challenge, an extra perhaps uh, hurdle that some people can maybe see as an impediment. No doubt I've seen that as an impediment, impediment myself. Um, that you want an answer to prayer and you want an answer uh, on your timetable. In the moment. In the moment. Um yeah, maybe not even tomorrow, but you mm-hmm. want to know like now. And the, the, the struggle is to truly let go, right? To truly um, ask and, and, and put it into his hands. Make, make a statement. It doesn't have to be an ask. It can be, it can be a statement. Um, 
and and uh, put that question out there. Put that question out there, and to be open to his time frame. I get that. Be open to his time frame, right? Because here's the thing: we want an answer now, but God, as the Father, knows sometimes we're not ready for the answer He wants to give us. You you know to go back to sort of how we started with the uh, my son and and the NICU and and that whole experience. Um, he was born ten weeks early, <coughs> and so what that typically means is that you need to spend uh, the remaining number of weeks uh, in the hospital. So for us, it was looking like a 10-week stay in the NICU. Um, and maybe, again, because of my naivete in, in, the, in the medical uh, stuff of what we were going through, the medical side of it, um, I just accepted 10 weeks. You know, it's going to be 10 weeks of uh, coming up here to the hospital on my way to work, um, at the end of the day, coming back up here before going to bed and, and visiting and then, you know, having to go back home. Um, you know, obviously that was a grace that I was given to be able to, to let go of, of that expectation mm. and, and the bigness of 10, 10 weeks, seven days, that's 70 days. You know, that's... Mm. That's uh, daunting. That's daunting. That's over two months, right? Mm -hmm. So... Anything that you want to accomplish in your life and you look at it through a time horizon and it's longer than two months, you're like, how am I going to do this mm. every day, right? Every day, Monday through Sunday and the next week again. Um, so completely lost my train of thought. No, it's a, I get what you're saying, right? Because you accepted what was given to you. You were given it's going to be 10 weeks. Now wait. Now be patient, pray. Yeah. Right. So uh, you know, it turned out to be five weeks, um, mm. but I I don't know, and certainly I don't want to play devil's advocate with God because that just seems uh, not the right thing to do. Um, but you know, uh, I had to I had to let go of of this number. This arbitrary number, uh, you know, as good as science can be, it's you know, you're going to be in here another 10 weeks. Yeah. Um, let that go. Spend this time with your son when you are here, right? Mm. Uh, get through it with prayer. Uh, get through it with uh, our family. And, you know, our family was, was awesome. I know our family was doing a lot of praying. Uh, extended friends and family um, were doing a lot of praying as well. Um, we had a lot of great care uh, at the hospital, and, you know, this turned out to be five weeks. And, uh, you know, obviously bringing home a child is, the great, is, you know, one of the greatest things that you can do, right? So God um, walked him through all of that. Yeah, and, and walked us through him. too. Yeah, that's awesome, man. You know, it's like, listen, if you're listening right now and we're talking about prayer and why is it so freaking hard to pray— uh, you know, and is there a right way to pray? Is there a wrong way to pray? You know, at the end of the day, what Brian and I are sharing here is that from our own life experience, that there's multiple ways to pray. And the only thing that uh, makes it wrong as far as how to pray is is not 
communicating with your creator is trying to figure it out yourself, trying to sit with it yourself, trying to suppress whatever you're going through uh, deep down to block it out and to not express it. And we know from like a medical understanding that it's dangerous to like suppress stuff. Like think of boiling water, right? Hey, let me contain <laughs> this. That's a good idea. Right. No, it's going to create a freaking explosion and a mess everywhere, right? So why do we think it's okay or healthy to like contain this volcano that's erupting inside of us? It needs an outlet. And when it's bigger than us, when it's bigger than you, take it to God who's bigger than everything. Right. He's bigger than your problem. Right? He can handle it. Literally go and lay your problem at the foot of the cross. That's why he's hanging on the cross. Yeah, you know, it's funny because sort of how we led into the show and how we just sort of recapped uh, was a moment of desolation for myself. Or it was a moment of, of low anyway. Right. So you just went a, through that right here in this conversation? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> go there. Share that. Yeah. So um, I think one of the struggles that I have, maybe continue to have, is making sure that I pray when I'm in a moment of consolation, you know, when I'm feeling good, when I'm having a good day. Um, it's it's easy sort of in a setting like this where it's the topic and, and such that we remember that we need to give thanks, right? We need to be gracious. Um, and certainly those are great prayers to pray at the beginning of a day, great prayers to pray at the end of a day. Um, for me, sometimes those prayers aren't as natural. Uh, those, those sort of uh, gracious prayers, those, those thankful prayers, you know, mm. good morning, God, I'm awake. You mm. gave me this mm. awakeness. You allowed my eyes to open. Amen. I don't know that I say that every day, right? Maybe mm. I feel it. Maybe, uh, maybe we need to create a new uh, topic of prayer called like not vocal prayer, mm. but feeling in your heart prayer. Uh, yeah, for that's some part of it. But for some reason, for me, I think that's sort of a cop-out. So I need to make sure that I vocalize this stuff. Um, and it's not something you need to do, right? Yeah. It's does your life work without it? Right. And, and most of the problems, I argue, uh, I would argue, right? Most of the problems in our life, or I shouldn't say that, problem, life has problems. That's what life is, right? There's right. ups and downs, highs and lows, right? The way we experience problems, the, 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 the unhappiness, the despair, the loneliness, all the meanings that we give most of the problems in our life, the negative meanings, normally come from a lack of relationship with our God. Be and that's why some of the holiest people, Christians, Catholic Christians, that throughout history, what did they learn to master What's that muscle? They learn to give it to God and to always be connected with him. That, And I loved what you said there. It's like, listen, when I'm in a consolation period and everything is just working in my life, I stop praying. What the F, man? Yeah. It's like, why am I stopping praying? Right. Why am I not thanking now and being grateful and doing prayers, the Psalms, right? That's what David did. He's like, Lord, you're amazing. You're an awesome God, right? That was like when times were going great. And then when times were going to crap, he's like, you're an unfair God. I'm mad at you, <laughs> right? 
But either way, he was still connected and in relationship. And I think that's a really powerful message coming out of this show today that God really wants you to hear. Yeah. Stay close to him through it all. Right. Through it all. I think most, if not all of your listeners could identify that it's it's easy to pray when things are going bad because you really do need uh, that rock to lean on. Right. Uh, the challenge for myself, maybe for the majority of people, I don't know, um, is to pray uh, in in the times when it's going well, right? When you are feeling fortunate, when you are feeling mm-hmm. uh, blessed, mm-hmm. um, maybe you're not thinking of yourself as feeling blessed, but you're just feeling good, right? I've yeah. had a good stretch of a few days or a few weeks or, man, this has been a good season in my life. Yes, and... Or you're just not feeling bad all of a sudden. Yeah, you're not struggling with anything <laughs> right. particularly at a moment. Exactly. And, and so, and we tend to go to God when we need something. Right. And 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 the reason why I think this is my opinion, the, the reason why I think God a- allows us to experience desolation, is so that we learn to trust God in such a way that we stop treating Him like a genie in the bottle. Right. And it's like God. Oh, hey, God, I know it's been a while, but help. He, he, again, he wants relationship day in, day out. He wants time with us. Yeah. Right. And when we abuse that relationship and turn it into a usury type of relationship, one sided, transactional, Mm -hmm. I go to my God when I need something, when I'm hurt and confused. And then I ignore him when life is working. Yeah. And so because of, because of what you just said, um, you know, I've, I've tried to be diligent in, in seeking prayer in those moments of consolation and high, um, because I know how good he has been to me in those moments of low, uh, when I really needed someone to, to lean on, I mm. needed to call on him, um, you know, through that chapter of my life. I get that. And sometimes, listen, if you're going through it where you're like, I just have no desire to pray right now, turn that into a prayer. Say, God, I have no desire to talk with you right now. Show me how. Yeah. Or put the desire in my heart. Yeah. That's a prayer. You're connected right there, okay? (laughs) So I think you guys get the point here, which is awesome. You're rock stars. Love it. Hey, Brian, guess what? What's that, sir? We're about to enter the confession round. No way. Way. So I'm going to ask you 12 quick-fire questions. This is just like confession, right? All right. Except it's 12 instead of 10. Come out. I'm kidding. Whoa. Right? So 12 quick-fire questions. You'll have about three seconds to answer each. First thing that comes to you. Don't overthink it. Oh, man. You ready? Yep. Pressure. Got it. Here we go. What's your favorite thing about being an adult? That I get to do what I want. Bad answer. No, it's not bad. Keep going. What's your least favorite thing about being an adult? That I get to do what I want. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That works both ways, doesn't <laughs> it? What secret fear do you have about people? Um, maybe that they're not going to like me. Mm, get it. If you could be anyone for fun for the next seven days, anyone in the world, who would you trade places with? Uh, pompous, big, ego of me. Uh, I'd like to trade places with the Pope for a moment. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if white's my color, though. <laughs> What do you wish you were better at? I wish I was better at uh, being creative. I can get sometimes tied up in a square. Mm. What dream are you scared of pursuing? Uh, being an entrepreneur. I could help you with that. What makes you smile more than anything? Uh, funny people. I like humor. When you were a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? 
I think I wanted to be uh, some sort of servant person, maybe like a policeman, uh, community service type person. Got it. If you had the power to remove any one form of suffering from the world, what would it be? Yeah, it'd be hunger. Got it. Imagine sometime in the distant future, and there you are standing in front of your tombstone. Read to us what it says on it. I can pray, since we talked about prayer today. I can pray that it says he was a good guy. Got it. When you die, what would you like to hear God say when you walk through the pearly gates? Welcome. Simple. And last question, Brian. If you could come back to life after you die and tell your family and friends and loved ones only one piece of advice, what would you say to them? Man, I think I would say uh, love all you can. The other stuff is not worth it. (laughs) I like it. Brian, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you? Um, they can pray. No. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, pray for me. I just taught you how. That's right. <laughs> um, best way to get in touch with me, uh, get in touch with your host here, Joseph Warren, and uh, he can certainly put you in touch with me. Um, if you struggle with prayer, you can talk to another guy who struggles in prayer, and maybe we can learn something along the way. Love it. Brian, thank you for joining us today, and we wish you the love forgiveness and transformation of god the father the son and the holy spirit folks i think i was just blessed yes you were brother amen friends i'm joseph warren and you were made for greatness head over to brokencatholic.com to learn how to stop being a wuss and start being a winner have a blessed day and remember that god the father loves you he's fascinated by you and he wants to show you his awesome plan for your life now go spend quiet time with him and i'll see you on the next show